Right, hello and welcome back to Pod Time FPL for our sixth episode, the podcast with disastrous FPL insights, but possibly some decent music. I know we've gone for two weeks in a row, please don't crucify us. On today's episode, we're going to be sticking with the usual format, and if you can't remember, we'll just sort that out later. So there'll be three segments, three idiots, and one disastrous FPL list of insights. Right, Josh and Philip will be joining me as usual. In tonight's episode, we'll bring you stats, facts, unpopular opinions. No, you have to stick to the original one. How dare you? How dare you disrespect the sacred quote? All right, we'll bring you stats, facts, unpopular opinions, debates, bust-ups, and the whole FPL experience. some feedback and apparently we're talking very much and not getting quickly enough to the content so we're going to skip the whole intro stuff and move straight into the first segment that being the highs and lows of the week so just to outline what we're going to be doing we'll be going through who each of us believe gave the best performance this week it can either be a team a player manager maybe even a referee who knows each host will give us one nomination and in the end we'll have a top three performers of the week and then we'll do the exact same thing for the three worst performances of the week where each host will be providing one nomination. Song has a shot! And it comes to Salah with a free striker goal! Through the middle, Jamie Vardy one-on-one with the keeper! And he finishes! So, Joshua, who do you think had a really good week? I think Ian Nacho had the best week um, of all the games and all the players. He got three goals, I think. He got a hat-trick, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there wasn't much other than the Leicester City 5-0 and the Man City 3-1 there weren't exactly that many standout players this week. It was a fairly average game week for all teams. So, I th- But I think Leicester and City are the two candidates for the top performers this week. And I'm in at just got a hat-trick, so that obviously, you know, that does, you know, that makes him eligible for the best performance of this week. So, in at show. Yeah, definitely. What about you then, Philip? Yeah, amazing performance by Nacho. But I'm going for... United, in particular the defence. Whilst their attack didn't really live up to expectations, we see another clean sheet for Manchester United as they played West Ham at home, meaning they now have four clean sheets in a row. And not just against any teams, it's against Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Manchester City and West Ham, three out of the top, three of those being top six sides. And as much as we've hated on Maguire, on Lindelof, they're playing good defensively in the last four games, and they're really looking strong and compact in the back. That's very true, and I think they've gone a bit under the radar with that as well. For me, one of the best teams, maybe not only of this week, but as of late, for me, has got to be Arsenal, because they've gone back to playing like 
at least a very informed mid-table club and possibly even top six if they can keep this up. They've been scoring an odd goals. They've been winning games. They have this thing where they concede one goal per game. So maybe hold off on defenders right now. But I think they've been really good as of late. And I think they deserve some credit for that. But right, let's move on to some of the worst performances. Joshua, do you care to start us off again? I think the worst performance of this week was probably the Tottenham attack. Because you've said before that Arsenal really... Well, before the game week, you said that Arsenal were a pretty mediocre side and that they were, they did lack that top six mentality. And we also said that Tottenham were looking like a real threat, especially with Bale and Harry Kane and Son, who I know came off, but still, that's pretty, it's pretty disappointing because the only goal from Tottenham came from Lamella and he was a substitute for Son. So... Indeed then maybe I guess you could blame it a bit on the red card, but at, still they were down already before the red card. So. Exactly, and I didn't see much, except for that bail pass, I didn't see much. And Harry Kane, he hit the post on a free kick, I think. Very unfortunate, but still, th- there wasn't much besides that, really. Yeah, I agree, and I think Mourinho isn't doing a great job there, so we'll just have to see what happens and where they go in the future. What about you, Philip, who was one of the worst performers for you? I'm going with Everton, who played uh, Burnley at home. Uh, Burnley, who, before the Everton game, hadn't scored more than two goals, hadn't scored more than one goal, sorry, in eight games, and all of a sudden, they let in two Oh, they scored two against Everton. And Everton, with 14 shots, four on target, created very little. Well, the stats show they created a lot, but not, they didn't have any good chances. Kevin Lewis scored one, but overall, a very underwhelming performance. Right. Uh, for me, then, it's probably got to be the Blades. Uh, Sheffield United were very bad. Uh, I mean, there's no other word really to use for it. 5 uh, 0. Really, absolutely horrible. They had zero shots on target the entire game. Uh, nothing even close to goal chance. I think this is the game where they've just sort of given up on the season. I think maybe they were trying to at least sort of improve the defence numbers. They got a win against Villa a few games back and sort of cleaned up their defence. But now I just think... Now I think they've, they've given up. They just don't want to risk anything and just get the season over with. So I think one of the worst performances, I feel really bad for them and I hope they don't become the next Bolton. But right now they're just not Premier League quality. It really is a pitiful case with the Sheffield United because that win, if they, if they did secure a win against Leicester City, they would have gone 18 points in the table and... I know it, was unreal. it might be a bit unrealistic, but, you know, that's still some hope, given that they're 10 points away from Brighton, I think, who are in 17th. But, yeah. Um, long gone. They're not going to stand a chance. Yeah, I don't. As much as it pains me to say, I think Sheffield are probably going to be the first victims of relegation this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The question is what happens for them in Championship next year. Do oh, they, they join. They join you. Yeah, yeah, not no shit. But I mean, 
where do they end up in the championship? Can they find their feet or are they just falling down all the way League One, League Two level? We don't know, I think. That, that, that's what Blades fans are worrying about right now. I don't think it's going to be in the next Sunderland case, but I mean, it, it could be a case of um, Norwich, but you know, bam, you get knocked down and then you bounce back up to the top of the table in championship and then hope for a promotion in the next year. But that's just what I think. Anyways. Right, we'll take a quick break now and let you guys enjoy some of Joshua's music and then we'll be back with segment two. Right, moving on into our second segment, State of the Market, or as I like to call it, the buy, sell, keep, avoid. But we'll be going through some players we want to bring in for the, uh, the half game week now. Uh, some that we probably want to sell, some that maybe we should keep for the long run, and then some that we should probably avoid. Oh, what a finish from Patrick Bamford! It's an own goal from Bednarek. Philip, who are you looking to bring in this week? So I'm looking to bring in Sanchez, the goalkeeper from Brighton. And although Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet in four games, before that they kept five in six. And even when they conceded, Sanchez got five points. And uh, it's a strong Brighton team recently who have looked good defensively as well. And they play in Newcastle, who have been poor all season in scoring, uh, especially without Callum Wilson and St. Maximin. So high hopes for Sanchez this week. Yeah, I think that game is definitely one to target. Uh, I think, for me, my buy this week has got to be Dunk at Brighton just because of his aerial threat. I've already got Ben White, so I can have that Brighton defensive duo. I mean, I'm not going to want it in the long run, but I'm playing my free hit next week. Another more differential shape could technically be Lascelles at Newcastle just because of his sort of a bit more threat than the other defenders as well because Brighton have been conceding a lot of uh, aerial chances recently uh, as well, just letting a lot of defenders score while because they're focusing so much on the on keeping the other team's attack quiet. But I think it's definitely going to be a low-scoring game, 1-0 either way or 0-0 or possibly 1-1. So that's definitely one to target defensive-wise. What about you then, Josh? Who are you looking to bring in? So I was going to... I am targeting the, the Newcastle-Brighton game as well because... That looks like um, the only gem. It looks like the the best fixture. There's only four games, and that Newcastle Brighton one looks like probably the best one to get points from. But um, for the sake of originality, I'm not going to say Dunk, which I was supposed to. But instead, I'm going to say Ollie Watkins, because he's been pretty good. I know Philip hates him for no apparent reason, but I think Ollie Watkins is good. He's gotten a couple of goals. And he's proved that even without Jack Grealish in that Aston Villa team, he can still score goals. So I think that given Tottenham aren't exactly looking that good, I don't think there's too much of a harm in getting Watkins because if he 
if he blanks, I mean, at least you still get that one point, which, you know, for game week 29, one point is probably the minimum you're, you're hoping for from each player. But if he does score, he does get more points. So I don't yeah, think he'll it's... get two points for a blank, but yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's too much. Uh, two very inconsistent teams. It'll be an interesting game to see what, what happens. Can I just say something about Watkins' tweet that day? Just let me prove my point. Oh, sure. dear. Oh, In the dear. last six games, he's blanked four times. And the times he didn't blank, he only got... Is that just... How? <laughs> not from the structure. I'm sorry. <laughs> he has improved that he can do anything about Grealish. None, no I... one in that Villa squad has proven they can do anything like Grealish. Do you know what I love the most about that? His connection time. <laughs> exactly. His connection timed out. So none of that's going in. Shut up, man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> he was so conf- He was so confident as well, wasn't he? He was like. He was so confident. Yeah. Hilarious. I'm right as well. We didn't hear what you said, so we don't know. We didn't hear what you said. Doesn't change the fact that I'm right. We didn't hear your argument. Exactly. So? You're still right. Yeah, I know you're right. I agree with you, but it's still hilarious. Let's stop ranting about Watkins then and move on to our second section, the sales. Who do we, who are we looking to move on this week? And maybe we could get a little of explanation of why. Joshua, do you want to start us off? Uh, um, sure, but I don't think you'll get much of a response from me because I don't really know who... I don't exactly have any input this time because the fixture list is so limited and the players... You know, there's only a handful of players that are actually playing. So I feel that even if you get, like, one point from that one player, it's going to be at least a something compared to zero points from someone who doesn't play. So I really don't know. I really don't know who to say. Do well, you... well, what about you then, Philip? It's not often I'm in the same boat as Joshua, but I'll at least say someone. I, I said Son, and the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to regret it. But he's a doubt to play. Uh, we never deal with Mourinho. And Son, even even if he would not, if he was healthy, I don't know. I'm unsure about him. Because now Bale's performing, Kane's performing. Yes, no one really performed against Arsenal, but before that... There's been a lot of players performing for Tottenham, even Lucas Moura. And I don't know, I'm, I have my doubts about Son. But the fact that he does have a fixture, game week 29, I would prioritise maybe removing someone else that doesn't have a fixture, game week 29. Yeah, I think he's he's got to be a wait and see, despite the likely injury there. For me, uh, my sell this week is going to be Cancelo, because... And to some degree, Stones as well, to be fair, because City have basically won the league and they are going to want to play the strongest squad in the Champions League. And I think at this point, both Stones and Kinsella are part of that strongest squad. And then I think other players are going to come in, take the spot in the Premier League. So I think we can't expect the consistent results we've had so far. And we're going to, we're going to see, start seeing that pepper relay coming in there right let's move on to the keep section who maybe hasn't been performing so well or maybe doesn't even have a fixture all this week but we still want to keep because we think it can get us a lot of points in the final running philip do you want to start us off i'm actually going with gundigan 
and I know he hasn't. I joined. I joined like the gym again. I've trained way too late, and recently he's only put up like smaller numbers, eight two four two. Didn't even play against Fulham, but it's just he's six point two million. Compare that to the stats of a nine point six million son. They're not far off. Yes, Son might be a little better, but the 6.2 million means you can spend money on other positions. So I still definitely think Son is a keep. And this week he is uh, the third most transferred out player. Yes, he doesn't play game week 29, but he's still a keep for me because he's very cheap for a midfielder. So. What about you then, Josh? I think that if you're going to keep someone, it should probably be Patrick Bamford. Because he's a, at least he plays this week, and he's got two points from his last three games, but he does play Fulham, and he is an injury doubt. But So there's a lot of reasons to get rid of him, but I still think that he could perform against a team like Fulham, even if he does come on. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, he's got a fixture, and to be honest, at this point, that's a bit of a luxury, so exactly. I completely agree with you. Uh, for me, it's got to be Southampton. They don't play this week. Uh, they haven't been looking particularly great. But after this week, they've got Burnley, West Brom, and then Palace. And I think those are three pretty good fixtures that you'd probably expect them to win comfortably. Probably at least two clean sheets in there. A couple of, couple of goals as well. So if you have Southampton players, I don't think they should be your main priority for getting rid this week unless you have like really really good players elsewhere that you're completely happy with right moving on to our avoid section who is maybe a very highly transferred in player that we think might not be the best in fpl terms joshua do you want to start us off sure why not i think that uh, i'm going to say that you should probably avoid chotter because I know that I did say he's um quite no because I did say he's quite the revelation at Liverpool last get last time but you know I also did heavily criticize Liverpool the last time and I think that a he doesn't play in game week twenty nine and b you know he may just be a bit of a false hope for Liverpool because they're looking tragic right now and I don't think that one man is gonna change the other ten. So, you know, I think that it's nothing really against Jota. It's just that I don't think that Liverpool with Jota are going to get anywhere. My only good transfer last week was disappointed by that, Joshua, I have to say. But for me, I'm going to go with Emmy Martinez. Um, Martinez is owned by 41% of all teams. He plays Spurs next game in the blank game week. Whilst that is tempting because he's proven that he'll rack up on points. Villa just haven't been looking that great recently. They've been conceding, lost their clean sheet in the last minute against Newcastle last week. Have a difficult fixture next week. Um, after that, they play Fulham, who might... Yeah, that's a pretty good fixture. But I just... And then after that, Liverpool... But I just don't see the consistency that we can see at the beginning of the year. And I think there's some better options. So you can have his goalkeeper, especially now for the blank game week. What do you mean beginning of the year? He's been he's been consistent with the clean sheets for like the entire season now. Okay, I mean, yeah, the entire season. I just don't think it's going to continue. Okay. True. True. 
for me, it's probably got to be the week's most transferred in player, and that is Gareth Bale, I think. It's not so much a case of Gareth Bale being poor, but Spurs just aren't good, and I don't trust Mourinho. I, I don't know what he's doing, and I don't know where his priorities are right now. So, I, I mean, if you have him, that's great, but I, would, I don't know if I... If he'd be one of my main priority transfers in, because I just don't think Spurs are good, and the argument doesn't get much beyond that. And as well, they haven't blank in game week thirty-three. So if you're already looking forward to that, I just don't see Spurs or Bale for that matter scoring a whole lot of goals against teams like Villa, Newcastle, United, and Everton. At least. Newcastle have a lot to play for. Villa have been defensively good. United, Philip already mentioned, is a great defence. And Everton, on their day, can be really good defensively as well. So I just don't see any Spurs assets, to be honest. Maybe Kane, but now with his... Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just sort of... I'd watch them. I, I, I wouldn't be looking to maybe have them as my main priority transfer. But we're going to take another break now at the end of the buy, sell, keep, avoid and before we move into our final segment. So, for a few seconds, you can enjoy Joshua's music before you have to go back to listening to us rant. Right, so just before we wrap up, let's move into our final section, future planning. Good evening. The most overrated goalkeeper I've seen in a long, long time. I don't expect Frank Lampard to win the league. He's been lethal. He's been, he's been very good. Saka's been the player of the season for me. Uh, he was outstanding tonight. Absolutely terrific. They will call Havoc to Man United. But Why would be fighting him at halftime? Why would he swing in punches at that guy? And smash it in the back of the net. Let's talk about our team selection this week, maybe as well, which chips we're planning to play, uh, when, why, maybe even some transfer plans for the future, and how we plan on preparing for the run-in. 
Joshua, do you want to start the debate off? Uh, sure. I'm going to captain Melier this week because he's a goalkeeper and he plays Fulham. I know Leeds have been looking... I know there's nothing special about Leeds at the moment, but, you know, against Fulham, I don't know. It looks like a safe bet compared to anyone from Tottenham, Villa, Arsenal, Brighton, even. So, yeah. It's a good chat. It's a good chat. Bit, bit risky, but we like risky here at Pub Time FPL. I'm good. For me, I'm probably going to go a bit risky as well, to be honest. I'm planning on captaining Dunk at Brighton because I'm looking at the attackers this week and I don't see anyone. I guess you could go for someone like Bamford, but he now has an injury flag. Aubameyang, he's a good shade as well, but I don't know, not a lot of people have him. And Lingard could be a shade as well with Arsenal's poor defensive form, but I don't think any of them have any major guaranteed points and that's why I'm going for Dunk because he's got a chance of a goal and he's on good goal scoring form as well. Brighton have looked defensively solid and maybe more importantly Newcastle haven't been great in attack. He's also bonus point magnet if they get the clean sheet so I think he's got many points, many ways of getting points this week so I just think he's the safest bet. What about you then Philip? I know everyone here wants to hear what differential captain am I going to captain this week? But uh, it's just been so unsuccessful recently. So I might just give in to picking some popular attacker and hope for the best. And I still don't know I'm captaining. I've been thinking about Sanchez. I've been thinking about uh, Dallas. But I've also been thinking, of course, Harry Kane, the obvious one. Uh, but I, I just really don't know. And this might be a decision that I take five minutes before the deadline. There's not a lot to work with this week, though. That's the thing, so it's a bit tough to say. I don't know, you know, I think half of it is probably going to be gut feeling this week. Yeah. But I do have the luxury of having my free hit left, so if anyone out there does have the free hit, I definitely recommend playing it now, as this is, if I'm not mistaken, the biggest blank game week that we will have. So take advantage of your free hit and play it now. Yeah, I'd recommend, for me, I've only got my world card left, and I'm the triple captain, but I don't know what I'm doing with that. So for me, the world card, it's going to be played after this week, so I can just bring in whoever I want just as a one-week punt and not worry so much about the future. How do we plan, for maybe those of us that don't have or aren't planning on playing the world card, how would you recommend with transfers, Joshua? I think that... I said this a while back, and I think that the best. I thought that the best approach for this game week twenty nine would be a gradual change in the in. I said that the best strategy would probably be to do gradual transfers up leading up to game week twenty nine because if you transfer in a load of players, you know I was lucky to have a two. I was lucky to have two free transfers this week, so that really helped me out, and I was also lucky to have quite a few players that were already playing in game week 29 but I did have to uh, but um, all of my city players are benched but I think that in terms of transfers if you're if you sort of last ditch if you're in if you're in a bit of a pickle here with the whole transfer things then I would probably say I think you're probably just gonna have to take the hit this week in terms of points just get as many players as that just get as many players that are actually playing into the squad and then just hope for the best, really, because 
if you do any transfers beyond two I think even if you do two transfers it's gonna it's gonna be quite it's gonna take quite the toll on the total number of points you get so I would probably just say wing it literally yeah but do you recommend taking a hit or just playing it safe Oh, I definitely rem- um I definitely recommend taking the hit because if you have that free get out of jail card, then you should definitely take it because there's no better time than now. But if you're not, you should probably be. Because I mean, you have to realize that when that when the fixtures are limited, and when there's a um, a game week blank as such, you should probably not transfer in. You shouldn't transfer in players when there's a a blank in the game weeks because then you're just going to lose points because you never know who's going to perform so if you if i make three transfers and have minus 8 or minus 12 points and it's a it's a blank then you know that's going to affect the total number of points that i get but if you have the free hit just go for it some of the most confusing logic i've heard there and information coming all over the place but i would like to say this is how I've always thought of ranked game weeks. When you take negative four for a player to bring in a place, technically it's a negative two as long as they play 90 minutes or 60 minutes. Sorry. So if you want to look at it that way and be idiotic like me or and just look at it as a negative two, that could be some sort of theory to help you out. For me, I, d- I-, I disagree. I think you're going to... Pick the one player you believe in the most, bring them in, possibly even captain him if you don't already have your favourite player for this week, because I just think the players this week are not ones you're going to want long term. I think you're not going to want to spend a massive amount of minus points on players this week, and as well, especially, I'd, I'd be surprised, to be honest with you, if there were any almost any goals at all this week because there's just four games a lot of them are going to be one nils one one i i just don't think it's worth taking the hit it would be different if you had teams such as manchester city playing sheffield united or something because then there's actual point potential but is there really a lot of point potential in Brighton versus Newcastle, Fulham, Leeds, West Ham, Arsenal, Spurs, Villa? Maybe for me, it's got to be a no. So, no, no, I'd recommend just not taking the hit and just living with it. If you have some players that's not playing, and after all, it's just one game week. So, do you have any anything final you want to add before we wrap this up? Don't take Josh's advice. That's all I have to say. Don't take Philip's advice. That's all I have to say. Who's that? Well, fair enough. I don't see this getting resolved anytime soon. So, that's our show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, you picked up on a few things. So, you maybe don't screw up too badly this week. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. And, well, if we don't, then, yeah, we don't. Right? Thank you. Bye.